Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And it's time for episode 291. 291? Oh my goodness. You know what's strange about what just happened? We both, we didn't have to cue each other that we're going to start this episode. We just sat quietly in front of this and just started it. Yeah, that's how we do it. We're just so used to doing the podcast. That's right. Yeah, it's we a great uh, feeling. Yeah, uh, uh, but uh, you know, the listeners heard a cool, you know, musical sound intro, and that then is boom, true. we that start. Is true. So they don't, they don't have to know that we sat here for thirty minutes awkwardly waiting to start it. No, uh, it here, here we go. Uh, so yeah, today is one of our update episodes. So we're going to be talking all things reselling. We're going to be giving some updates with reselling in our own personal lives, uh, some random stories. Uh, we've got updates and like the reselling world. So reselling news. Uh, then we're going to do some bolo, so items you should be picking up. So if you are, you know, new to reselling or you've been reselling a while, definitely stick around for the whole thing because the bolos can be really helpful. There's items that you should be picking up to be flipping on eBay or locally, and uh, and yeah. So we love our update episodes. How are things going for you? They're good. They're good. So they're good, but in an interesting way. So lately, I have not been sourcing as much. And part of it's been that I am trying to maximize my time. And so what I mean is, so back in the day when I first was a full-time reseller, I had a lot of time on my hands in the sense that, you know, I had I had a decent amount saved up when I had left my full-time position. And at the same time, it was just different stage in life. Like my, I was living in a place where my rent was a third less than I'm paying now. Uh, my kids were young, so it wasn't as expensive. And so, you know... It was just a different time. And so I, I had a lot of time on my hands. I could like spend, you know, all day. Those of you that remember Pierce Podcast Instagram the first year, I was sourcing every day, pretty much every day, whether it was Amazon, retail arbitrage, whether it was going to a thrift store, garage, whatever, every single day. And if you guys have been following us since then, you've noticed that on Instagram, I, I don't show as much sourcing anymore. Generally, it's just Saturdays and sometimes on Wednesdays, but that's all I'm doing really is sourcing, which is kind of strange because you would think if you're full time, you should be sourcing every day. But here's the thing. I developed a ton of inventory and that is listed. And then I have a lot of inventory that's not listed. On top of that, my family time is way more affected now. Like I can't tell you how little time I actually have in the day. Is it is it worse now that so, kids are teenagers or like when kids are little? What do you oh, think? it's worse than they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. It's worse because when let us know in the comments below for you as a reseller uh, or just in life in general, you, were you busier when the kids were little or as they got older it make yeah and everybody might be harder? different. Yeah. I just know for me, my ki my kids when they're younger were way more preoccupied. Like you know you throw on the show for them or they have their playpen whatever you call it. You know where now it's like I have to go to the sporting event or there's like this awards banquet or there's, you know, Hey dad, can I catch a ride here? Or it's, it's just, it's a whole, whole different thing. And so my time is so much more affected. So we're actually dropping an episode Monday, about why you need to be organized as a reseller. And part of it is that as your life changes, whether you're part-time or full-time, you're going to find that you're going to have to kind of, you know, move around what you do in order to be efficient. And so I've been doing a lot more sourcing, like I said, just on garage sales and just on Wednesdays, maybe I'll hit a thrift or I'll do some local deals. And I've always said this, there is so much source. If I, if I had an endless amount of time and endless amount of money, I could source probably 24 hours a day, right? Whether it be sourcing on eBay, Facebook marketplace, local deals, flea markets, thrift stores, like I, I'm just going to be all right with it. 
Sourcing sh- should never be an excuse. You should never come to a place that I can't find anything. Like that yeah. is to me impossible. And it may take you a little while. Like if you haven't yeah, figured you have out to what, know. yeah, if you, have you, to have, know. if you haven't figured out what niches you're into Correct. or, true, or what fair. you know, it could be a little bit more challenging. Um, or just getting your foot in the door. So part of it is like the educational process getting there. So even things like auctions or something like that, like you might be like, I don't know what to do or how to do this. And so you spend a little bit of time learning that, but then once you learn it, yeah, the opportunities just are going to keep coming up. And it might not be like, Hey, I'm going to an auction every day, but you might be busy enough that you do one auction every couple of weeks and you're getting enough inventory Mm -hmm. to last Mm -hmm. you for a long time. So yeah, sourcing definitely shouldn't be what's holding you back as long as, uh, you know, you, you know what you're doing and, and it takes a little bit to get there. Yeah, it's true. True. So, you know, for example, this, this last garage, so I've been really, I would say really uh, strategic. I'm always strategic in my garage, but I've been really strategic in the sense that now I will get up early. So for example, if you caught our Instagram story, uh, somebody was selling a bunch of video games and the garage show was at 8 AM and I showed up to the garage show at 6 30 AM. Cause I'm like, I will win. I will not lose this. And so I showed up and it, unfortunately it wasn't a big of a haul as I thought uh, I was going to pick up about 30 video games and I thought they were going to sell them for like a buck or two a piece. And I found out that they wanted top dollar on almost all of them. And so you got to be careful. Like sometimes it's good to do a huge buyout, uh, which that's not even huge. 30 games isn't even huge, but you know, they wanted like a hundred something dollars. And I started looking and I'm like, Nope, not this one, not this one, not this one. So I eventually I did agree upon if you caught it on, on five games, I bought two uh, N64 games uh, in box uh, with the manual and everything and stuff like that goes for money. Yeah. Right. I had a uh, show on Instagram this last week, crowd. I've, <laughs> I've been listing all my old inventory in my, de- for my death rooms. Um, I know that sounds terrible, but you know, people talk about death piles. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And so, you know, I came across these old GameCube games that for whatever reason, I didn't have them listed. They just sat there. And luckily they sat there for three years because uh, they tripled in value over that time. And so things are, things are changing. So I bought those games. I, I bought like a vintage fan. I bought, bought all kinds of stuff. You caught the Instagram. I bought patio furniture, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, 60- for yourself. For myself so nice. yeah which it, you know 60 Still bucks yeah. for a glass table and six chairs like you can't you can't beat that so next i'm gonna buy a traeger here pretty soon that that's not gonna get thrifted i'm gonna just go to costco and buy my traeger uh, costco please sponsor us or traeger uh and so you know it's gonna be a good summer but um th- another thing i've been noticing is that i'm getting a lot of sales and but they're not like consistent home run sales, which kind of bothers me a little bit. So when I first went full time, I didn't work as hard. Uh, I would say, well, no, I, I don't work as hard as I did first full time. But when I first went full time, but I'm finding that I'm having to work more now than I'm used to. I don't know if that makes sense. So there was like a, a sweet spot in the middle where where you were kind of coasting. A hundred percent. I coasting a lot, like four hour days. Like it was, it was beautiful. And, and now I'm, uh, it's getting back to eight hour days. And, and the reason being is I'm finding that people are more buying cheaper items than the more expensive items. So for example, you know, uh, you know, different YouTubers say, you know, you, you should sell, you know, 10 items at $30 a day to make 300 days or something like that. Right. And so I, I watched that and I'm like, no, like I just got to sell like five at 68 a piece and I'm good. 
Right. So it wouldn't stress me. I'm like, hey, by noon, if I if I sell five items and I make 300 bucks, you know, I'm good. And everything else is icing on the cake. Well, now I'm finding that I'm like selling like 10 to 15 items to make that 300. Mm -hmm. So it's taking on more time. That means I got to ship more items. That means I have to pick more items. And it was more to list there, more items you had to list. Yeah. There's more lists to, you know, to replenish those that sold. And so it's been, it's been kind of strange because yeah, sales have been up, but it's been the same dollar amount. It's just been more work to get the same dollar amount. And maybe that's kind of a sign of a downturn economy that people are maybe stingier about what they buy. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but it's, you know, I rare are the days where I get several items that sell for over a hundred dollars. Now it's you know one or two maybe a day yeah. if, if things are good. That might be the shift, right? Like we've talked about, resellers always have to adapt, and the ones that are willing and able to adapt are going to be the ones that are going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And you know, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen with the economy and when it's going to happen. If we did, we'd be you know millionaires. Yeah. So you can have ideas and and general trends and things like that, uh, but. We adapted during the, the 2020 crisis. We adapted before that. We adapted after that. Things have changed. And so this might be the new ad, uh, adaptation we have to make is as we're going into a more downturn economy, people are going to be more <clears throat> frugal. They're going to want to save, which means they're going to be buying secondhand. However, they're probably not buying as many luxury items. So this might be a hopefully a short period of time where you are having to to sell more inventory in order to make that same amount. But the nice thing is we have that capability, right? If you're a construction worker and then all of a sudden houses aren't being built or buildings aren't being built, there's no adapting there. Yeah. You know, there's certain industries and, and of course there's always going to be jobs needed in every field, but there are going to be fields that are just going to be hit super hard and there's nothing that you can do about it if you're in that field. Whereas as a reseller, you just okay. Well, I guess I'm I'm selling cheaper items and just more of them, and it gets you through that period of time. No, agreed, agreed. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's been it's been weird. I, I'm not gonna lie. It, it's I'm so used to home run after home run. Now, not not gonna say there haven't been home runs, but what's been carrying things through have been I would say not just bread and butter. I would say it's kind of like the uh, initially it was like the nice sourdough from San Francisco kind of bread. Right. The nice organic butter. And now it's just Artisan like bread. Now it's just like the Walmart brand kind of bread. Mm, some Wonder Bread. <laughs> some Sarah Lee. Wonder, Wonder Bread's still good. Sarah Lee, I'm talking about like true value. Mm. That's what I'm talking Ooh, about. Okay. We're going like, you're almost like saltine cracker. You know, no, but there's less than saltine cracker. There's true value saltine That's cracker. That's true. <laughs> or, or Archer Farms at Target, which is actually, I, some reason, don't you find that the private label food tastes better from Target than Walmart, even though it's probably the same? I don't think it's this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's similar, but that, yeah, I don't know. It's, are you just a name brand kind of guy? I'm not. No, I've always been, I've always been the off brand. I grew up, we see when I was a kid, what we would do is we would go to the grocery store and we'd look at the price per ounce for everything. And so it was how many ounces can I get for the cheapest price? Cause we wanted to like fill our body with volume, like just food. And so it was how, how little can I pay in order to get as much? So it was always the off-brand and usually like the deal of the off-brand. Um, and then my wife has shown me that there definitely, since I married her, there are definitely things that the on-brand just tastes better. Like there's some things oh, that are close. You can't tell the difference. Uh, but but there's a lot of things that are that are generic, as it were, that are basically the exact same thing, especially products. When it comes to products, usually generic is almost the exact same. When it comes to food, yeah, there's going to yeah, be a little bit of... difference between real vanilla wafers and like true value. Or, or craft 
cheese slice oh, cheese versus okay. like the plastic that I got you get a, in the I got, a, I got a quick like I know we're not talking about recently but dude hey but saving money there is know? such a difference because I remember one time I went to the dollar store and I saw sliced cheese for hamburgers and I'm like a dollar a instead dollar? of eight dollars yeah. dude plastic it's plastic I put it on the grill and I, I had an infrared grill. I don't know if you know about infrared grills, but I, grills. But I used to be able to cook my burgers in eight minutes, four minutes, four minutes, mm-hmm. and like super, like well done. That cheese didn't melt. It doesn't melt. It's plastic. It, it was so scary. Even plastic melts. It's something else. Yeah. It was so scary. Anyways, let us know about your favorite uh, off brand out there. Yeah, we're big on. I'm big on Costco. Anything from Costco. Oh, yeah. It's just it's Kirkland. It, well, because Kirkland, they don't mess around. They buy the brand and they just put Kirkland on it. Yeah, they're or they figure out where it's just like Amazon, like Costco is the kind of like the amazon in that sense that they will they'll bring maybe a product amazon's in. like costco true yeah um they'll bring a product in they'll find out where it's being sourced and then they'll make it and produce it themselves if it's really good not every brand they don't they don't do that for everything but there are a lot of things that they'll go kirkland on that yeah it's uh it's really good stuff all right anyways enough about me how are things for you uh pretty good i i took uh this week off from sourcing and it was just a listing and organizing day which those days aren't the like life giving days in reselling, <laughs> no, you know, that's but, where I'm at right but now. it's, it's yeah. the work and you know, you got to kind of look at what the goal is. The goal is not just to source a bunch of things that can make a bunch of money, but it's to actually make money. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's going to be a fun part of that. And then there's going to be the part <clears> that's <throat> not so fun. And a uh, quote of the week, I heard one that I thought was pretty good. I may have actually even said this one already before, but uh, it was something to the effect of uh, if you don't sacrifice for the thing you want, the thing you want becomes the sacrifice. <laughs> right. And That's so, so true. It, and so, so true. I think of like, okay, well, what is it that I want? And, and part of that is financial freedom. So if I'm not willing to sacrifice and say, you know what, I'm going to go in the hot shed and I'm going to take pictures and I'm going to pack stuff and I'm going to reorganize. And that's what my Saturday is. Instead of going to garage sales and having the thrill of the hunt, uh, if I don't make that sacrifice, then financial freedom is that much further away. And mm. so I, I've been willing to do that. And part of it was like testing items. So, um, you know, how it is like you're not just going to be like oh i'm going to list a bunch of vcrs today like sometimes you got to spend some time to actually like test okay oh, which ones work which one don't then you put them yeah. in piles and write what and then you list them afterwards to take pictures so i bought all those really nice cameras those three really nice cameras oh, so right. I, I the battery finally came in it's a camera that's not made anymore so the batteries aren't like easy to get normally for those kinds of things you can get the off-brand batteries on amazon mm. I, I had to like so refresh our audience real quick when you mean the cameras yeah so i was at a, a church rummage cell and it was a uh, like a big mega church and they had nice cameras in the back that they use, but they're old, which I'm, I'm assuming they had the, the system set up so that they were running and basically live streaming with these three cameras. Um, and they have, so they're Canons. I can't remember what they are at the moment. XL H ones, I think. Um, and they, I mean, great lenses, they're really nice cameras, but the problem is they're the little tapes, you know, like the little, little mm-hmm. tiny tapes, DV tapes, I think. The mini DVs. Yeah. So I had to buy one of those cause I didn't have one of those. And I had to buy a battery for the camera to actually test everything to make sure it works. So part of my time was doing that and getting all that stuff tested. And then I was looking at the other things, like since I'm talking about, you know, recent finds and testing things, uh, testing the PSP, which I couldn't get to work. I'm like, all right, do I buy a battery or sell it as is? And we talked about maybe selling it refurbished. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with the Game Boy, which well, is really it for cool. parts to me, not refurbished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell it to somebody to refurbish. Okay, right? there like, you go, there there's you people go. who will like just take them from you or yeah, sell it for parts. But it was really neat because like the Game Boy Advance that I got is missing the battery cover and like you can go on eBay and I was just like mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance model number battery cover and they have I mean they're off brand they're not like the Game Boy ones but they have the Game Boy logo on it and you can get any color and they're like two bucks and I'm like man this makes it's like 
Yeah. And you can get a new screen for it. The screen has scratches and it's like $8 for a new screen. Mm-hmm. And you just, a couple of screws, take it off, you put the new screen on and, and it's like it's brand new. And so part of me is still trying to weigh out like, okay, what do I just list? And I'm like, well, maybe I just list things right now as is for parts. And then if it doesn't sell within a certain amount of time, then I buy the parts and fix it up. But with the PSP, and, and I'm interested to hear what the audience thinks about this one. So um, I need to do a little bit more research as far as the cost on it. But I love the part of technology I love is like coding stuff. I'm not like really good at coding or or software programming or anything, but anytime I get a chance to like get an old laptop and then you put Linux on it and mess around or take a, take an Amazon fire an old Amazon fire uh, tablet and, and change it into like a Linux operating. It's fun. I love doing that stuff. And so they mod PSPs. It's one of the most, the reason why PSPs still sell so well isn't because it's like got the same, nostalgia of like, I want a Nintendo 64, Hmm. but PSPs are relatively simple to mod and you can pretty much play any old PlayStation, PlayStation one. And I think most like PlayStation two games and all PSP games on it. Hmm. Now there's the legal aspect of like actually putting the games on, putting the, uh, the emulate or the, not the emulator, but the, uh, what do they call them? Um, anyways, putting the actual game on the ROM, that's what it's called. So technically it's a gray area. If you own the game, you're technically allowed to put ROMs on it and all that stuff. But the actual modding process so that the PSP can do it, I have a model that's like one of the most famous ones to mod. So I'm like, maybe I just mod it and sell it modded because you can sell them modded on eBay. And some of them that are sold modded come with ROMs. Some of them don't. And people just know like, I'll put my own ROMs on them. But I'm like, I might be able to make a little bit more if I spend 10, 15 minutes modding this thing and actually having like a pretty cool, because then it does a lot more than just play PSP games. So that's something I'm considering doing. Maybe make a little bit more, um, but I, I don't know about the ethical. It's not illegal to mod it. Um, there's the gray area of actually putting the ROMs on it, so I'm not going to do that. But if somebody wants a, a modded PSP because they can do whatever they want on it, they can do whatever they want on it when they get it. I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I'm a, like, if you can sleep at night kind of guy, then go for it. Yeah. I don't know, but they are. It is fun to play emulated games. Like, have you ever like done that on a kind of comp- computer or something, or even like my yeah, phone? Yeah, there was a guy I knew in college. He had a PS One, no PS Two. He had a PS Two, but he had modded and he had like every single PlayStation Two game known to man. Now, now he had it modded in a way where he had burned games. Yeah, yep. and like he had like three hundred games, man. And we just oh, it was good times. Yep. Good times. Yeah, I modded. I modded our Wii so that it uh, it plays basically every console except for N64 is a really difficult one to, to, to emulate. Um, and then I've got raspberry Pis that can do the same thing. So it's, it's a fun thing to do. Um, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether I'm going to do it or not. So yeah, let us know in the comments, let us know in the comments <laughs> below. Should I, should I mod or not mod to mod or not to mod, which you know what? I, I've always wanted to bring this up on a podcast. Maybe this is the time oh, to no. do it. And I don't know if this is going to like, somebody might be like, you just killed my industry, but I love audiobooks, love audiobooks, and, 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 and some Kindle books, you know, I, I do Kindle a lot too. And there's times where it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm reading through the Wheel of Time series again for the second time, listening to it on Audible. And the first time I, I listened to the series, you know, five, six years ago, I listened to it and I was using my friend's uh, Audible account. He already had them all. So he just I have me. a bunch of credits to give you too, by the way. Yes. Uh, so this time through, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to buy the game, uh, buy the audiobooks myself. And so I've been buying them every month as I get a credit, buy another one. And, but there have been times where I've like looked onto eBay and you can get audiobooks or Kindles of like full series, like the entire, like every book that's ever been written by Stephen King or every book in this series, it might be like 30 books and it, you might pay 25 or 30 bucks. And it's literally somebody burned 
you know, either on a disc, like a DVD audio disc or a USB drive. And it's just the files. And I look at how many they've sold in their rankings. And it's like, they've sold like hundreds of these. They're selling them for 30 bucks a piece. They literally are just copy, copy, copy and sending it out. How are they not getting like, is what, what's the deal with that? I don't know. Like, I, is, I, is that against eBay? It has to be against eBay policy. Yeah. So how are, but, but how is it that these, some and of these people listening have, to our podcast. So now a bunch of people's stores are going to get suspended. Well, but, if, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, if they don't know, like that, th- they have to know that that's happening. It just seems bizarre to me. So I don't know. Um, but it makes me wonder like how much can you get away with? Not that I want to get away with any of that stuff, but like, why is it that some people can seem to get away with those things? And we had an episode about like what we were talking about. Yeah, don't get banned. Don't get banned, you know? Um, but it just amazes me. I don't know. Maybe some of these set up accounts and they're basically just burner accounts that they know oh, they're going to get banned every you know few weeks or whatever. Well, people buy accounts all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, I know some people that have like 10 accounts and like Jeez. they know that two or three of them are probably going to get banned. That's crazy. It's like so, eBay. Like I don't, I know them. Like I know who they are. Like I'm not friends with those people. I'll just be clear. Cause somebody else the other day said like, called me, I forget where it was in comments that I was like shady because I suggested something illicit and I'm like, I'm just suggesting what's already out there. Like I'm not bringing Well, I don't any- think you suggested it. I think you were just mentioning it. I think the, the point the person made was like, we shouldn't bring light to it. Is it like, don't, don't even mention that. So it doesn't give people ideas, you know, but. I mean, people have already got to know that there's yeah, don't sell stolen stuff. stuff. Just oh, don't yeah, do it. Don't okay. Do just people do steal stuff. Just let you know and sell it on eBay. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, let's talk about something positive here. And that is our discord. Our discord continues to grow. love the thriving community. Yeah. Uh, we always have this disclaimer that it, we're not a cook group. We're not a bolo group. Uh, but I think those of you that listen pretty much understand if you're new to us, we're not about that. We're all about bringing a community that, hey, sometimes reselling can be a solitary process. Sometimes you don't want to celebrate the wins on social media because social media is just, you know, a lot, a lot of fakeness out there, but we want to keep it real in the Discord. Uh, we do have our bolos. We have our hustle of the week. We have tips and tricks. We have lessons learned. A lot going on in Questions, there. Rants. What I love so much about it is over the last, you know, several days even, we've started to see that certain members in the discord, like they have their niche and they're mm-hmm. the go-to person. Like I'm, we've learning, got, I'm learning so we've much. We've got like the go-to Pokemon card person. We've got the go-to uh, book selling person. We've got the go-to auction person, the go-to consignment person and the go-to mm-hmm. and people who know their field. And so it's just really cool. Like if you got a question, you just ask it and there's somebody who knows that field in the group. And it's really cool just to have this community. And so, yeah, if you, if you want to to join the discord, uh, you, you've got to become a Patreon supporter. Uh, so if it's you only 18.5 cents a day. Oh, if you join the Patreon, are you doing that? So like less than a cup of coffee it's a, not even. a month. Um, so yeah, so it's like, I think like $5 for the month, five fifty five for a month. Um, and again, we don't hide any of our content behind a paywall. So this isn't like, Hey, extra episodes are going to be here. But it, it it is just a way for you to support the podcast. You don't even have to join the Discord. You might be like, I don't want to be a part of another community, but I support the podcast. I think you guys are putting good stuff out there. So we'd love for you to join the Patreon at least, and then we'll give you the Discord link and you can uh, be as active or inactive and just lurk if you want to. Yeah, I, I'm part of some Discords and I just lurk. I don't yeah. see a word. So again, patreon.com slash peers of podcast. And there's a link below. Thank you to all of you that have already signed up. Signed up. Appreciate every single one of you. All right, random story. So I'll, I'll go first here. So I, I don't know what to do here. I, I and, and there's no way for me to make this right. I didn't do anything wrong, but I was at the thrift the other day. And I love 
like vintage like Tonka trucks and all, all, all like Lionel trains. Like I love all these vintage toys. And so I went and there was a vintage Tonka truck and it was beautiful. I had the patina, the rust. I'm like, this is, this is not only is it worth money, but this is like a collector thing. Right. And, uh, I picked it up and then I don't know where this lady, like a little in front of me goes, Hey, Hey you. And I was like, you know, I, I usually when I'm out thrifting, unless somebody says, Hey Orlando. So if you see me out in the wild, say, or Hey Orlando, don't say, Hey you. Cause usually I ignore people. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I always, I don't know. I, I find that, you know, people are kind of savage at the thrift. So I kind of, I mind my, mind my own business. And they tap me on the soldier. You're like, Hey, do you want this? And I'm like, what, what, what is it? And they're like, well, look, look, I saw you got the Tonka trunk. Do you, do you, do, do, I think this goes along with your Tonka stuff. Do you want it? And I was like, are you sure? Cause I knew it was money. And, and, and it was one of those grab bags. So it was like 20 bucks. And in there, there was items I knew automatically would sell for good money. I'm like, are you sure? Like, yeah, yeah. I saw you got the truck. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I like collecting, you know, these trucks, but I also resell. I'm like, no, no, just take it. Just take it. And, uh, so it was a $20 bag. And then within 24 hours, I listed, uh, one of the, there was like a, it was like a trailer, uh, and it was yellow and there, there aren't many, there weren't many of those on eBay. And I sold it like within 24 hours for $87 plus ship. And I kind of felt bad. Like, like, should I have like given her one of my items? Should I have like paid her for it? You know, or should I just like, just be grateful. So, is a 20 they they gave you the bag not just like they saw it in the store and while you were still shopping they gave it to you it was after you would no no, no while i was shopping no while i was okay, shopping so you paid for the bag yeah i paid for the bag oh i mean i don't have to do nothing that's just someone being nice all right it was just it was really nice yeah i mean what are you gonna do like hey let me get your let me get your insta real quick so in case i make money off this i'll split the profit with you i'm not a consignment store you know like thank you for helping me well it's crazy because all those items so in that bag, I'm probably going to make close to $200 on it. Just that bag. And then the other Tonka truck, I'm probably going to make like $250. Do you think the other person was a reseller? No. Oh, well then, yeah. They weren't going to take the time to resell it anyways. Yeah. So anyways, it was... That's kind of nice though. Yeah. Super nice. It was nice. And then uh, my other random story is uh, I had mentioned on, on on Instagram and on Discord how I networked with somebody who had bought a bunch of Harley stuff from, from and I went back to their house and, uh, you know, you know, you ever pick up those items that you're like, I don't know if I'm going to pick this up again, but then you get caught in the trap and you pick it up again. Right. So I went there and I did buy a lot of stuff, but they had all these inflatables. Now inflatables in theory make money. Like in my head, they make money because every time I source one. So you know what I mean? Like those Halloween things that people put on their lawn yeah. or Christmas or big inflatable decorations. Yeah. So every time I check comps, it's like always good money. And I'm like, maybe I should pick this up. And so, you know, we went in and I had like 50 to 50 items I was going to buy. And then the person had like some outrageous number that they wanted for it. So I was like, how about we cut this out, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. I only bought like 10 items. And, uh, it, it's one of those things where I, these people are really trustworthy and I don't think they meant anything negative of it. But you know, when you get that vibe, you're like, I'm pretty sure everything I buy from this individual is going to be quality. Right? You ever get that feeling? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I went home and um, yeah, no, like the pair of boots I thought were new. They weren't new. The Star Wars shoes that I thought were certain type. Nope. Not it either. 
the inflatable I bought. They didn't work. Actually, they, they, I think they like hot glued the electrical to get it to work. Didn't work. You got hoodwinked. I did. Now, am I still going to make profit? Yeah, I'm going to still make profit because I bought low. But man, I just had this terrible feeling. Because I remember the guy gave me such a hard time about like how much I wanted. Because he had, he initially wanted like 400 and I went to like, ah, I was thinking like 150 and he wasn't happy with my 150. And I'm like, I should just stuck to my 150. Now, I did I go, I went up to 175, but I didn't get everything I wanted. So, I mean, I was even honest with the guy. The, um, there was this item he thought was a lot of money and I, I showed him in the comps and the guy had cataracts. And so he's like, I can't even see that. Can you just tell me how much? Well, maybe he was testing you. Maybe. maybe it was like a, maybe. maybe he wanted to see if you were going to lie or not. But I was 100% honest about it. Like I didn't lie about it. You know, and maybe, maybe he was hoodwinking me the entire time. I don't know, but it is what it is. Just, just remember that, you know, you, you may, people may seem like they're totally selling you something, but there's always a catch. I find there's always a catch. All right. Anyways, what is your random stories here? Uh, so speaking of our discord, um, one of the members on the discord posted a, uh, a bolo that I thought was pretty cool. Um, and you know, I was at the gym working out and it was early in the morning, super early in the morning when this came through and I was like, oh my gosh, should I get this? Should I not get this? It was a Home Depot sale and it was like crazy, 75% off of this item. And they wanted $50 for it on, on Home Depot. I was thinking I should be able to probably at least sell this for $130, $140 uh, because they go for $200 new and I'm getting this new. So you mean, just you mean quick, like a cook group? Is, is that a cook group thing? Yeah. Somebody finds like a, a glitch or something. And yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know if it was that big. I think it might have no, just been I a just, sale. It just cracked me up because when it popped up, instantly I'm like, see, this is what I love is that we don't try to position ourselves like that. But mm. if it's there, it's there. But through sharing, it's there. Yeah, it's there. You know? um, so, it was just kind of cool. Um, and it was so, cool. Thank you to you. You know who you are that shared that. Um, so, but anyways, I, I bought it while I'm working at the gym in between sets and I only did one. I could have potentially bought several more, um, but I was like, I'm just going to try this with one. I don't really know. Like, I don't know. We'll I see. got there after the glitch. Yeah. So I, I bought it and uh, my wife like texts me like an hour and a half later. Did you buy something using PayPal from Home Depot? Like question mark, question mark. And I'm like, oh yeah. So I had to like explain to her like it was a tip. I got a tip on the internet, you know, like I basically had to like, it's going to be gold. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so it was just cool to, to, to get that. Now, so it was kind of random. It's the first time I've like gotten a, t- I mean, you've a actually, lead. Yeah, you've given me some leads on, on, on sales, but I always get there late. You're like, Oh, there's this cool thing happening, you know, with these shoes on whatever. And by the time I get there, cause one time it was a, a site that was selling shoes and I was, oh, that's gonna, right. And I was going to get some for myself. And yeah, by the time I tried to put it in my cart, it was they were all sold out and it was done. So I, I actually got one in time and I just felt like super great about that. So uh, that was kind of random, but cool. I finally, I guess I can mark that off my bucket list. I, I got a, a I don't lead. know if it was a, a glitch, but I got a lead that was like a hot deal that normally sells out within like a few minutes and I got it. So yay for me. Uh, and then the other one was, and this is connected to the podcast more than it is to reselling. Uh, but I was uh, talking to one of my friends at work the, today, actually. And we were talking about office space, like office space came up and we're all quoting office space uh, things. And he's Classic like, movie. I love the part where they go out and they beat up the, the printer. Oh, that's right. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, you've got to see this. So I pulled up our mug life video 
Now, how did that go? Because sometimes it can be really awkward. It was a little, I mean, it was funny. He knows I do a podcast. So I showed him the video. And uh, if you haven't seen our Mug Life video, uh, the first portion of the video is, I don't want to say it's boring. It's it, Orlando awkwardly showing you how to pack a mug, which is really helpful. By it the way. it is helpful, but it, it's not like riveting entertainment. It's just no, helpful advice. No. But like the last bit of that video, we go complete office space on this mug out in the middle of a baseball field. Uh, and it was pretty fun to record. So if you haven't seen that yet, you've got to go watch it. Maybe I'll put the link in the description below, but just type in, type in Pure Podcast Mug Life and you will find the video. Yes. Just watch the end if you need to. And it's uh, it's pretty fun. So it just was kind of funny to, uh, to like, oh, office space. Oh, you like the printer part? I've got something to show you. I wish we had the time to make more videos like that. I really do. So, all right. Uh, okay. You good? I'm good. All right. Hey, actually today my American Bubble Boy should be showing up. Nice. Any so, minute we're going to get here, knock on the door. We we should. We should. Now, I ordered the recycling one because there's still a deal on there. So if you haven't got a deal now, there, the deal with the coupon isn't there, but you can still get a good deal uh, for, I think I got like 300 feet for like, uh, no, more than 300, 700 square feet uh, for $33.99 of recycled bubble wrap. Uh, and it was, it was great. And so it'll be here probably any moment while we're recording the podcast today. Uh, but if you have not received or not ordered any American Bubble Boy, go on their site and use our promo code Puroso Podcast and get yourself a discount. Uh, and even if the discount doesn't work, because sometimes, you know, either you type it in wrong or for a reason it gets glitchy, you're still getting a deal. You're still going to get awesome free two-day shipping, one-day shipping, local pickup. Definitely worth your time. Uh, but use our link below uh, just so they know that we sent you there and it uh, helps us out too. So again, go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com below in the link and get yourself some bubble wrap. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Oh, before we talk about some recently topics, if you're not following us on social media, you should. Uh, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter. You could always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And you can always shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Please know it's going to take us a couple of days, maybe a few days to get back to you on the email because uh, as we've grown, it's getting more difficult i mean i i can't even answer dms on instagram plus we got the discord yeah so we got a lot going on uh but do appreciate every single one of you that do email us and uh also leave us an itunes review when you get a chance yeah. i can't even look at it so i'm getting a new cell phone mm. i can't even open like podcast i can't do anything he's got no space on his phone like he 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 texted me today and he's like, I'm having like major phone issue. I had a major phone issue. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did you like drop it in the toilet? Like what happened? No, it's full. 64 gigs full. He can't delete anything. He's a hoarder on the phone too. I Well, because I, I like to keep the history. Like I like the history of, like I will delete all my pictures from eBay unless it's a unique item. So I'll keep like one picture. What? Yeah. Because, you know, I it's the, like. Post ever, the picture on Instagram and move on. No, no, no. And I'm keeping a lot of those too. But anyways, um, but. So next time, our next theme episode, I would love to read some of the reviews I have not seen on the iTunes reviews. And so please, uh, you know, give us a nice uh, setup there. It, it helps us to continue being the number one uh, reselling podcast out there. So we appreciate all your support. Yeah. And since we're the number one reselling podcast in the world and we have a Twitter account, I wonder if we can get Elon Musk on on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be crazy, huh? <laughs> What would we talk about? <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah. It's Yo, a, you like we, money? We sell some Tesla? You like money? We, uh, we, we sell things and make money. We're like basically brothers. It's pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> we do the same thing. I, 
I, it's funny because we get hit up all the time in the emails of people that would be great on our podcast. Oh, yeah. And you read those and you're like, come on now. Like, you're not a reseller. Like, you you, who, who, you have nothing to do with the world of reselling. Like, uh, why would you put you on? It's because they, uh, they hire a... Uh a virtual assistant and they send it out literally to thousands yeah, of podcasts yeah, 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 and YouTube yeah. channels and stuff. And yeah. So it's like very, uh, you know, un, uh, unpersonal. It's just, uh, yeah. But they you try to make it personal it. cause they do the whole, like, you know, like you didn't hey, Mike and Orlando. <laughs> we haven't heard from you yet. Yes. We love your podcast. You should have this guy on and he does. And it's like X, Y, Z that has nothing to do with anything that we talk about. And we're like, well, yeah, I don't think that's a fit, but thanks anyways. Yeah. Now, we do plan on doing an interview soon. I don't know what soon means, but soon. All right. There we go. So, all right. Let's talk about some uh, topics here. As the economy changes, more and more people are buying secondhand. Amazon is slowing its growth, and there's problems with Facebook Marketplace. Surprise, surprise. Well, we're going to talk about all this and more. Orlando, wow. That, that was like the best intro you've, you've given so far. I think I practiced. So, <laughs> so I've had 291 episodes of practice. That is true. There, That is true. So there's, you know, it, we've had, we kind of had like the storm a little bit, you know, already, we already talked about the eBay seller update and, and, you know, there's, we're still dealing with, uh, when's eBay gonna, you know, make people pay and that's still an issue. So I'm always trying to bring something different because, you know, we can keep talking about the same old, same old. Uh, so I always try to keep it fresh. So it's funny because eBay always like releases like reports or studies, but like I I don't know about them now. Maybe it's because I haven't been to the latest eBay seller event that anyone has access to. Uh, but they came out with this re-commerce report. So we don't do e-commerce. We do re-commerce. 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 And I thought it was interesting. I want to share with you some of the results here. So they looked at who's buying pre-owned goods. Who's buying pre-owned goods? And in their research over the past 12 months globally, they found that 80%, the top group is Gen Z. You know what I wish though? I, I know <laughs> we're going to talk more about this. So yeah. That's great. Um, but coming from my perspective here, eBay is giving a thing saying, hey, 80% of Gen Z, the highest percentage of any generation is buying secondhand goods. But they're not saying on their website. It's not like, 80% of the mm. purchases on our website or of Gen Z are purchasing. It's just 80% are purchasing. So that includes thrift stores. That includes Poshmark. That includes ah, sure. Mercari. That includes what, uh, what not. So, so it's like, it's a good number to have, but it's a little skewed. Like I'd like to know what is the population on eBay? Is it, is it 20% Gen Z on eBay or is it according to these numbers, it should be at least, you mm. know, 40, 50, 30, 40% should be Gen Z. So that would be, that would be, I think a more helpful number uh, specifically for eBay, but it isn't interesting overall when it comes to secondhand but goods. Th this is where it was interesting too. 78% were millennials, 75% of Gen X, 70% of boomers, and 62% of post-war. So, I mean, I guess the numbers make sense. And it also makes sense that it drops off too because well, yeah, there's the two older, reasons. Yeah. There's two reasons. One is going to be um, that more environmentally conscious uh the younger generation is going to be and things like that so the idea of of recycling and the other thing is going to just be access to money as people go up in age mm. their income goes up too if you just look on average across the board as people get into their 60s their 70s their 50s even they're making so much more than they were making in their 20s and thirties. Yeah. And so it would make sense that as people are starting to move up the income bracket, you know, if you look at people who are 
boomers and they own their home and they're retired and they have everything paid off and they have a good pension, they're probably not worried about, hey, I want to save a little bit of money by buying used shoes. They're just going to go buy shoes. Yeah, true, true, true. Now, that ties into what I think is kind of evidence of what I was talking about earlier, how people are buying lower cost items for me consistently. And so uh, they looked at the main reasons why consumers buy pre-owned. And the top one, the 73% of people uh, said that they buy stuff pre-owned because it's less expensive than buying new. Mm. And I think that's going to be where, you know, we're, we're edging super close to a recession if we're not already. And I think that's going to be where resellers come in. So I've, before I, I had mentioned because of inflation, like make sure you raise your prices. I, maybe still, maybe so. I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth on that one. Um, in the sense that, you know, if I put best offer, people are still going to, you know, they still have the ability to offer, but am I turning buyers away if a lot of my items are priced too high? It's kind of a waiting game. I think specifically when it comes to that, cause yeah, you could, you, I think you still have to be percentage below new. For instance, if you're selling, oh, yeah. if you're selling shoes or a jacket, jacket might be a better one as an example. I go to, I go to the North face and I buy the jacket from the store and it costs me $200. I can get it used for 75. Well, if now the North Face jacket's new cost 250 because prices have gone up on everything, well, I could mm, I could probably point. charge yeah. 100 for it used and still be fine. The other thing though is the waiting game of if you do raise your prices like that to be competitive, you're still percentage-wise lower than new, but your competition is still selling as if it was, you know, 2019, 2018 when the economy was booming and you know, people had more money and all of that stuff and your money was worth more, then I think those sellers are probably going to price themselves out eventually in the sense of they're not going to be making profit. They're going to, mm. it's not going to be sustainable. They can't maintain that for long. Just like you're saying, you're already having to sell more items to make the same. Yeah. Imagine if you were selling, you had to sell an additional 30% more to make the same. You can only do that for so long before you're like, I'm done doing this. It's just not worth the effort. And so because your money is worth less, $300 a day profit is significantly less today than it was three years ago. So yeah, you can only do that so long. So yeah, you might be pricing yourself too high in the short term, but your competition eventually is either going to raise their prices, I would imagine, or be done reselling because it's just a profit just won't be there for the long term. Yeah. It's interesting because as I was dealing with this this last week, or I, I just kept listening and I kept shipping and I kept listening. And I kept shipping. And I kept, I mean, I was, I was busy. I've not been that busy in a long time. I, I kept hearing, I, I, I remember hearing this like two years ago. A lot of people that got out of selling on eBay is that they felt that you, you, you never stop. Like you're constantly like, it's always maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. And so they got into doing like private label or they got into real estate or whatever it is. Uh, and I think there's some truth to that. I think with, you know, I, I'm not, you know, and again, I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone, but there's a lot of people that talk about like, Hey, you know, they list hundreds of items a day and, and you know, they spend, I just, I, I, I don't want to be that. I can't be that person. That's just, that's not in me. Uh, I, you know, I could list maybe at the most 30 a day, maybe 30 a day. And, and, uh, cause I, I value and, and granted some of those people I've been able to do it within hours and like they're done by like three o'clock and they have the rest of the evening. But I just like the flexibility of like, I don't have to be as rigid with my schedule. 
Like, and I do list every day. Usually I list between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., which is not the best of times. But, you know, I, I there's I, I don't want to treat if I'm if I'm just listening and shipping nine to five, I'm back to a nine to five. And that's not what I got into reselling for. So anyways, let us know your thoughts on that one. All right. Uh, so hey, there's some a few other things in the report. You can look up the report. Just type in eBay e-commerce report on Google. Uh, did you know that USPS uh, first class is later now? Like it's going to take longer for stuff to get there. Wait a minute. So they're charging more and it's going to take longer? Yes. And why am I not surprised? And that started a few days ago, May 1st. So it's interesting. What I like is the numbers that they gave. They said that uh, they said um, they said the agency expects a new service standard will impact 30%, 32% of first class package service volume. So obviously they know that, right? They have like some algorithms that are running or, or something. Uh, the new standard will allow you USPS to add an extra day or two to deliver these packages and still consider them on time. So, and it's interesting because I wonder how much longer uh, we are going to have first class. The reason being is that if you get up into the higher ounces, like 13 to 16 ounces, it's already like six something. You're pretty close to sending stuff in a flat rate envelope, a priority envelope. So I don't know, just be aware of that. Um, what does that mean? I think what that means, uh, you know, on the practical level is you need to be aware that if you are, you know, sending items uh, that are in a highly like competitive field, you might be better off offering expedited shipping because it'll separate you from the competition. And it might cost you an extra couple bucks, but you may make more profit by implementing that. Uh, at the same time, I've always said, if you ship out anything that's over $50, might as well go priority because it on eBay, I know automatically it gives you $50 insurance. I think if you're top rated, I don't know what exactly the uh, why, but you, I get like $100 insurance for anything that, you know, that I ship priority right away. So just uh, just something to think about. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and by the way, I want to make this clear. There's a huge discussion on Instagram about this, that whenever we think that the post office is a terrible organization... It's not aimed at the individual workers, no. the day to day that are delivering the mail. Like I have so much respect. A lot of you listen to our podcast and our resellers on the side. I'm talking about the, the, the poor, yeah, the poor leadership decisions that are being made that is causing the USPS not to improve while FedEx and UPS are finding ways to improve. Yeah. And I think a good example of that, like how, how we can hold both views and be okay. Like Orlando and I are both educators. And we both have serious gripes and complaints about mm -hmm. the current educational system, the way things are run. So as far as teachers, though, uh, there's so many great teachers. So it's not like, hey, I hate teachers. It's just the system is broken. And I think the same thing is true with the post office and uh, the way they're doing things. It's the the workers themselves. I mean, we love our, our mailman. Our mailman leaves. He leaves dog bones in the in the mailbox every once in a while for our dog like really what a nice guy you know what i mean he, <laughs> he gave my son like a a christmas like card with like some stuff he gave him to all the kids in the neighborhood like just so the people are great for sure uh but yeah there's definitely things that you know it stinks to pay more for less uh, but people it just it's the world we live in i guess yeah agreed agreed so along with that or not along with that uh amazon reported lower earnings as far as their business goes now I'm not just referring to, you know, their web services or their prime and all that, but I'm referring to just their, their, their e-commerce. Uh, 
Uh, Amazon said it lost money during the first quarter and gave a forecast that said it may see another loss in the current period. Sales will be as much as $121 billion in three months ending in June, missing analyst average estimates of $125 billion. Uh, it's an unwelcome development for chief executive officer uh, who has inhabit, in, uh, inhabited the top job for less than a year and signaled it would take time for a company to get a hand on economic pressures and the overall built logistics network that is hampering Amazon's productivity. So they had so some of the issues that they had to they hired a ton of people because of COVID. And now, you know, they don't need that mm. group of people and sales are declining. But I think it's very telling. So. I wish we recorded this podcast later because the eBay and Etsy earning reports are going to show up after, like a day or two after we drop this episode. I believe it's May 5th, May 5th or May 4th. But I think it's very telling, again, that there's going to be a need to adapt during this reselling market. Yeah, Things it, are changing. It's just a, well, it's just a, a clear indication that the economy is going down. Um, people are not spending as much. And so what does that mean for us as resellers? People are still buying, but not as much. And I think what's kind of interesting and scary because there's the reselling aspect. I'm assuming most of our listeners invest in one way or another. Uh, we, we've given advice as we've read books and things as far as you should be investing in types of investment, but we haven't said like, hey, put your money in this type of fund or like we've never done that. But the weird thing is if you were to look on social media or just in general on the on the internet, everybody's an investment expert. And part of it is because we've lived through a time, especially on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you everyone is, everybody is for the last almost 20 years, I mean, it's not quite 20 years, but for a little under 20 well, years, let's just talk about the last year. Well, but what I'm saying though is for the last almost 20 years, we have been in like an, inc- a crazy growth economy. Things have been, mm-hmm. maybe it's like what, 16 years, something like that. Our, our economy has just been up, 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 up. Things have been going great. And so almost nobody has experience, unless you talk to somebody who who was investing or really hardcore reselling. And there's some of you out there during the the 2007. And most of that was like there was an economy crash, but it was somewhat of a recession. But I think we potentially could be going into the first time a lot of us are really experiencing this as adults that are like invested. Like, yeah, I was I was, you know in my late teens, early twenties when the 2007 thing happened, but you know, you, you got your head in the sand, you're a kid, things no, are going. Even in, even oh eight, I mean, I was an adult. I was like 20, I don't know. I was like 27, 28. But at that time I, you know, you weren't was, worried about the stock market. No, I didn't do any of that, you know? And, and, and part of it was my financial illiteracy. Like mm-hmm. I didn't look into all that, but I was just happy with my teaching job and my teaching job was still going on. And, uh, as long as I was able to pay the bills, that's all that mattered. But you know, so yeah, it, it's, it's just all that to say, but I'm noticing it now. Yeah. None of us, n- not none of us, but many of us really don't know what to expect. And so all the people who are experts, it's easy to be an expert when everything is going up yeah. and, and not a lot of people know how to make money when the market goes down. However, that is when the majority of, of wealth transfers hands in in the world right is during a downturn economy and so how can we be those people how can we find a way to capitalize on not not i'm not saying like capitalize we're going to take advantage of people in bad situation but in a situation there's always going to be a way to be profitable and so can we do that can we figure out how to how to maneuver and and adapt because even amazon i mean you look at a at the behemoth of a company that just seems like nothing could phase it and then all of a sudden we're hitting 2022 and it's like 
yeah, numbers are down and they're going to be down again. And if things keep getting worse, they're probably going to keep going down. Well, Amazon doesn't know how to live through this yet. You know, so everybody's kind of having to figure out how do we make it through this time? But the nice thing is if we make it through this time, we're probably going to come through a lot stronger. A hundred percent. And again, every, everybody that we talked to when we did interviews about that actual resellers, like amazing taste store, uh, Craigslist Hunter, like all these individuals said that during recessions was the time that they were able to actually scale their businesses. So I'm hoping for the same. We'll see. All right. Hey, uh, the last thing here. So it's interesting. So I've always said that I believe Facebook marketplace is a fail. I've always said that since day one. Uh, and the reason being is yes, does Facebook like rule the world in a way that like, you know, they have the most amount of users and there's a lot of people on there, but I've always said like the, there's a lot of issues. Like, you know, if you have shipping issues, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with customer service? How do you deal with customer complaints? Like there, there's so many things that Facebook just hasn't taken care of. And it's interesting. There's a report that came out uh, that they're, they're having major problems in their leadership. Uh, and so they said uh, some retailers say they are frustrated by Meta's, which is Facebook now. Uh, so Facebook's e-commerce rollout, noting that the service is missing basic components, such as ability to display, this is from the Wall Street Journal, uh, as the ability to display products in different colors and sizes, da da da, uh, limit where a merchant can ship items, provide next day or same deliveries. Other stores, though, see the promise of connecting with shoppers through the large user base of Facebook and Instagram, which I've I've always said, yeah, you can connect with a lot of people. But uh, all at least at least five senior executives have left in the past six months, uh, according to their senior former executive. Uh, but Facebook is still confident. They said, uh, building a full fledged commerce platform is a multi-year year journey. One that became a company prior priority less than two years ago. Uh, and so they, they seem to be struggling less in the comments. Do you find may Facebook marketplace to be it? Uh, the one time I found that Facebook marketplace was something that everybody was in love in was when they were offering like free shipping. You know, do you remember that period of time? Yeah. I think it was like a month. Yeah. I, I feel like I look at Facebook marketplace like offer up just another offer up. And so, but you don't see I, it as in like an online. No. And I know that, I know that there are people who do, and I know there are people who sell through Facebook marketplace in that way. But for me, I see Facebook marketplace as a local deal only. So the chances of scams you get flaked on, but the chances of like the scamming or just the, the logistical issues aren't the same. And so I kind of feel like that's almost either Facebook marketplace needs to address all these issues or just needs to realize we are offer up, but we have the <laughs> yeah. ability to like connect to maybe more people because there's a lot of people on Facebook who aren't necessarily on offer up and searching offer up. And we already have the platform. People are on Facebook scrolling for things. And if they've already looked up lawn chairs and you've got some lawn chairs posted and all of a sudden they're showing up in your feed every once in a while. So they have the huge marketing potential. Uh, the thing is, do they make money off of people selling locally? Well, just through traffic on their website in the same way they make money with people. So I think they make money through, oh, they, as always, they make more, all their money through ads. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough thing, especially when it's the ads a lot of times, which are the problem. Now, if it was like offer up where you could boost on Facebook marketplace, maybe you can, but where I boost this item and it's going to start showing up in people's feeds if they are. So it's almost like I become the ad mm -hmm. and I'm paying for an ad spot. That that would be maybe a little bit more beneficial. So I, yeah, Facebook Marketplace just have to figure out who they are as a as a company. Uh, do they want to be eBay or do they want to be offer up and do one of the other better or try? You know. Yeah, yeah. I just and I just want to challenge people. Like, if you find that 
you know, you're spread too thin. Like, you know, there's big proponents of cross-posting and I think there's a place for cross-posting. But also, I'm also a big proponent. Like, if you just hunker down on one platform and you make that platform, you know, work for you, like you just just list, 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 and don't do anything stupid that you can make definitely make it work for you, you know? So, yeah, that's all I got for reselling topics. So, uh, there's one thing I did forget, though, today. Mike, you skull shaved today. Oh, yeah, I skull shaved real good. I forgot. You did forget, I can tell. I did. Well, I was running late to the podcast and I was going to do it in my car on the way. And then I forgot my skull shaver. Uh, but if you want to look smooth like Mike, go to skullshaver.com. Use our promo code hustle with a capital H. Get that discount and yeah. look smooth like Mike. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, uh, what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Uh, we're totally missing something. Are we? Oh, wait. Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? We're not going to let you forget the bolo. I'm tired. I, I'm tired. It's been a long day. I've been, it, I've been listening. It's all right. Talking. You know, the, all these people who've waited to this moment to get their bolo. <laughs> they, we're uh, not going to cheat them. They shut down. The, they, they're not even listening anymore. They're like, what? No more bolos? All right. What's your bolo? Uh, all right. So you talk about um, Hawaiian shirts a lot, specifically Rain Spooner. And mm-hmm. I remember how excited I was the first time I found a rain spooner. I remember I had cars on it. <laughs> but uh, there's other brands that that do pretty well, too. In fact, I recently sold one and I had no idea that like this was like a thing. And the funny thing is you've mentioned it, I'm sure, on the podcast before. Uh, but, you know, you, we talk about so many things. And I, it was probably years ago when I was first starting reselling. So I didn't remember everything you said. But I picked up this shirt for it was probably two bucks at a thrift store. And it was a Paradise Found Hawaiian shirt. And if you don't know, Paradise Found shirts are kind of like the shirts that were worn in Magnum PI. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's a show you know. Um, I, I I just thought that was something like my great grandparents watched. But I guess well, I didn't. I, didn't, I watched it on on you know uh, syndication. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're young and uh, and fresh like me, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, just Google Magnum PI and you, you'll know the kind of shirts. But they're they're pretty. They stand out. I think I'd be able to spot a Paradise Found now mm-hmm. pretty easily, just like the, the style of the shirt. Um, but yeah, it sold for really good. I think I, what did it sell for? It was uh, like $50 with the shipping, I think. Um, but I paid two bucks for it. And just to think like, I didn't even, it didn't even have the tag for the size on it. We just did measurements and we're like, based on the measurements, we think it's an extra large. Here are the, the, the measurements. And it sold for really good money. In fact, it sat for a while though. It sat for like three years in my storage. And the funny thing was, uh, three years, you get on my case, but you also have stuff that's been sitting for three years. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's funny because my father-in-law has recently lost, you know, quite a bit of weight and he likes to wear Hawaiian shirts. And so, uh, we saw it in the the shed the other day and we're like, Oh, we should maybe just give this to, to dad. And, uh, and then like three days later it sells. So like, Oh, well, I guess, guess we're, not. We're not doing that. Uh, but, but yeah, so paradise found, check it out. Uh, it's a brand other than rain spooner that does sell for very good money. And I would, to, to jump onto your bolo, I would look up all brands right now. Uh, except for like natural issue, which is a Walmart brand. And, uh, there's a couple other brands. Oh, like, uh, what's, uh, Campia, I think is the other one I wouldn't look up, but here, here's the thing. I I'm finding that there's a slow, they're like prices are going back up again for Hawaiian shirts. So we're hardly, it's kind of, you know, leveled down a little bit. Uh, uh, Hawaiian shirts are coming back up, right? But it all depends on the right shirt. 
I've sold I sold like some Cocoa Island Hawaiian shirts recently. I'm like, what is this brand? Nice. So, but I only paid a dollar, so I didn't mind selling it for thirty something. All right. So my bolo is uh, industrial mixers, and specifically, I mean like milkshake. So, have you ever picked any of those up? You ever seen them? A milkshake one? Uh-uh. So, I mean, I've seen them at like you know places, but so I've- even like Hamilton Beach. Really? Like, like it, 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 obviously you have to look it up, but I got to tell you that the industrial ones, the ones that like could do three milkshakes at a time or more, like they go for good money and they sell pretty fast. Every single time I picked one up, probably sold within 48 hours. And so keep an eye out for those. Uh, they're good money. And, you know, everybody knows about like blend tech and Vitamix, but if you find like the commercial Vitamix, the ones that they use, like at the, um, the smoothie, like shops in the mall. Those are good money. I remember way back in the glory days of garage selling five years ago, I picked up eight of them at 20 bucks a piece and I sold each of them for two to 300. That was back then. So I wonder what they go for now, but, uh, cause I haven't seen them in a while. Right. And so scarcity brings prices up. So definitely keep an eye for like industrial mixers. That's good stuff. All right. So what are you looking forward to here? Believe it or not, I'm going to take a weekend off. Good for you. Yeah. I'm going to take a weekend off more for me. Yeah, I guess so. Um, every weekend I've been either listing, sourcing, working on selling the fifth wheel, which is finally done out of my life. Uh, I've been busy, 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 like just beyond busy. And that's fine. Like, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want becomes a sacrifice. However, it's been a while since I've actually just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take a weekend and I'm just going to spend time with the family. And because this weekend is mother's day, uh, we're, I'm going to be doing, you talked about Traeger. We have a Traeger and, uh, I you have, have one. I, oh yeah. I have an amazing rib recipe, like the best ribs, not the Traeger three, two, one. Those are, eh, they're okay. They're not bad ribs, but the greatest rib recipe ever. And I'm going to make some for, for my wife and my mother-in-law and it's going to be, it's going to be a great weekend. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and I, I guess I'm saying this because I know a lot of our listeners and I could tell in our discord there's a lot of hard working people out there Mm -hmm. that are working all the time and there's nothing wrong with that. But occasionally, occasionally you got to stop and enjoy the fruits of your labor. If you're not doing that every once in a while, you're just working to work. So um, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a weekend off. Good for you. Yeah, I can't. Not not right now, Mm, but I will. I mean, and you can't during Q4. When can you? I, but I always travel though. I'm That's always, true. I'm yeah. always somewhere. Yeah. You take, so. you take time off. Just I not do. weekends. You take days during the week sometimes. Though. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm more of a like vacation in the week kind of guy. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I know. Not until, see, that's the hard part. Being a teacher is, is I can do that during the breaks, but that's when everybody else is, uh, traveling. I mean, I do have my one day where I teach homeschool, but, um, outside of that, yeah, the other days I go now I'm kind of taking a break and I'm, in the sense that I'm taking a break from sourcing until except for garage sales this week uh, and the next week. And the reason being is that I grew too fast. What I mean by that is I had a period of time in January, February where I was just sourcing, 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 sourcing. And I was listening, listening, listening. And it finally caught up that I was not staying organized. Uh, For example, today. So one of the reasons I was running late is that, I sold a buckle for like 90 bucks and it was a great sale, but it took me 45 minutes to find it. For some reason, I didn't put the custom skew label. So I'm looking and I'm looking and you know how it is when you lose something, you should slow down when you're looking for it. I instead was like, I need to get, I need to find this fast. And I went through the same box like three times until I finally saw it. And so 
I just, I need to organize. I need to, I mean, Mike can attest to this. I got stuff everywhere and it's just, it's, it's driving me crazy. Now, luckily I've had some great hauls. If you caught our Instagram, I had, I bought a whole tote full of train stuff, like probably like a hundred items. And so I'm not too stressed that I can go a few days without sourcing. Uh, I have, you know, my rooms of stuff. And, and so I, I got a lot going on that I don't really need to source, but source is what keeps me motivated. Like if I, if I don't source, like I can't be one of those guys that has like pallets coming in and Gaylords and man, I would, I'd, I'd quit reselling really fast because it's boring to me. Like I, I like the getting out there, finding stuff, connecting with people. Uh, it's just like what I think if I started going to flea markets, I'd be hooked. And I think that's one of the reasons I don't go. Uh, but maybe I need to go there soon. Uh, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to organizing. Um, and also I need to prep for Amazon. I want to make January and not January, June, a big Amazon month because of prime. And so I need to start thinking about sourcing for there. So that's what nice. I plan on doing. I like so. it. All right. Hey, thank you to all of you that tuned in. If you haven't yet caught us on discord, make sure to sign up, go to Pierce podcast slash uh, Patreon and sign, sign up for, you just got to go to the basic tier of five fifty five and you're in. So thank you to all of you and all your support and hope you have a great week. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling late. Peace. <laughs>